Welcome to Canton Bound, the NFL half of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, this is Austin. And this is Mike. Uh, Mike. Yep. What are you doing here? Well, I really wanted to get on the show. I was talking about, I was talking about getting on the show with Colin, and lo and behold, I got on the show with you. So it didn't really go its plan, but, you know, I guess I had the same result. Well, you know, the journey, you know, the journey's the fun part. And then now you're here and you're stuck with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it had to be this way. Um, I I didn't, I didn't notice you were on. I hate working with Colin so much that I don't look at this. Like I just cover the screen up with the show sheet when I do this with him. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I I didn't, I just assumed it was in here. He lives in Amish country. So yeah, it's middle of nowhere. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm joined here tonight by Mike Valerie. Did I say it right? Yes. You nailed it. I'm like Matt. You just, you just don't want to always say Valeri. I, I know. know. Uh, it's like my... No, it's called well, out have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. With Valerian Steel? I don't know. That's kind of... Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, um, yeah, I'm joined with my, by Mike Valeri. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one of our Devi guys here at Campus to Canton. Um, helping us finish up the Devi guide right now. Yeah, how how have it. you felt about that whole process? It's my I, first I, time I, making one, and I'm assuming your first time making one as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, we're slowing down to their prospects and nobody wants to talk about, so that sucks. And it, it, it's it's hard for me to like not talk about guys that I like because I feel like I get too narrative driven and not like deep down analysis. And it's like, you know, I don't feel like I I feel like when I reach on guys, I'm I'm not getting out quality work, you know. So that's fair. Yeah, like the the list of like the few names that are left, I have signed up for. They're just all terrible play players. I mean, who cares about Kamaro Edward, Edwards? Like, let's get him out of here. Nobody cares. I can't believe that we've written up like 80 running backs and Kamaro Edmonds is the only one that like nobody has wanted to touch. Like, the lone survivor. I, I'm trying to think of like some truly like not top tier talent that we've talked about that guys have yeah. been like fine. And Kamaro Edmonds is apparently where we draw the line. So I, I feel bad because like I went from writing the guys that I like to like writing the guys I really hate. And I was like, yeah, I can I can talk enough about how much I hate these guys. So. Felix does the same thing for the the freshman guide. He would write like five. He would write like War and Peace on Jameer yeah. Gibbs or not on like somebody, and then he would come to somebody they didn't like, and he'd write like three sentences. I was like, yes, because I, I, I called him out for that. I called him out for that on Michael Allen. For everyone listening, at the freshman guide, go to Michael Allen's page. Just five lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I because I, I edited every single one of those pages, and I was like, oh, come on, man, you got you got to give me more. <laughs> and he told me no, and he's my boss. So um, right. that was the end of that. Yeah. Um. I, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I did like. I did. Well, I should say like. It got. It got the blood flowing when Felix put out his joint rankings of uh, NFL and college together. You guys talked about the running back sh- running back rankings on the Debbie debate. You guys must have missed the wide receiver ones he put on. Somehow right he managed to be more controversial. I feel like. No, I got Some... in the comments. I asked him six questions in, in one tweet. I was did, getting. Did in he there. respond? No, he just liked it. Typical. Not typical. Now. I mean, he please probably explain afterward too. <laughs> this guy's a, this guy's a new an animal. He's a nuisance. We gotta get him out of here. Yeah, I just don't understand how everyone has not everyone, but how he has Tyreek and Waddle at six and seven. Like, what is Tua a top twelve quarterback all of a sudden? Like, if he says yes and okay, then that makes sense. But if it's no, then it's like you gotta change your rankings because both those guys can't be mid tier wide receiver ones and not have a top tier quarterback. Well, this is can't bounce, so we can talk about this. This is this is good segue. Um, we'll talk about this. Uh, we'll do some housekeeping, and then we'll get into the rookie class, which is the real reason I brought Mike on here. Um, can you think of any instances where a quarterback it was not very good and still supported like a couple of really nice fantasy options, like like I, multiple? Uh, like the one that I mean, comes Kirk to mind Cousins is... has done it multiple years in a row. Okay, I think that's disrespectful to Kirk Cousins. Okay, he's been a he's been a quarterback one five of the last six years. Granted, it's like quarterback 12, quarterback 11, but like he's still there. And for the record, I think he is probably my most rostered quarterback on like across all my teams. Yeah, he's, he's always so cheap. But yeah, I mean, he's not, yeah. he's nothing special. And he's feeling and, and Jefferson there. Yeah. And they've had a top tier running attack like that offense as a whole. Yeah. I was going to bring up Jared Goff, though. Jared Goff That's is not great. And he supported uh, Woods and Cup. I think they're both back in twos. Obviously, Stafford upgraded them both to, you know, like quarterback one and I got tacos here, man. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I don't, I would not want to interrupt your, your taco time here. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, so it, it does happen. It's just super rare. And I don't know. I mean, Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff has 
proven himself to be able to run a scheme. And, and, you know, we've seen that with Amon Ra's success. And so I, I don't think he's like a game winner, a clutch quarterback, but like, I think he can run a scheme. And so as long as the offensive coordinator and the head coach can make a scheme up like Jamison Williams, I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So where are you at on Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill then? I, okay. So right now I have Tyreek Hill, like I'm going to pull him up, but I'm pretty sure I have him like past wide receiver 16. Whoa. Yeah. And, okay. I still, and I have Waddle as like nine or eight. Um, But I, I don't think the pie there is big enough for two receivers. This goes the same for AJ Brown, by the way, in case you asked that later. I don't think AJ Brown's a top 12 option anymore. Um, you, sicken, you sicken me. I bring I mean, you on could. my show, and this is how you talk. I mean, he couldn't support Devontae Smith to like a top 30. I think he was like wide receiver 30, and people think AJ Brown's going to. I, I've seen a lot of projections out there, and they all have AJ Brown performing better under Hertz than he did Tannehill, and I don't understand that. I think I mean AJ Brown's going to catch like 900 yards, like maybe. I, I I mean the volume's even lower, and the actually lower too. I mean, I don't, it doesn't really add up for me. I'm not sure the volume will be lower. We kind of talked about this last week a little bit. Um, I feel like the volume at worst will be similar. And it's not like Tennessee was particularly pass heavy uh, throughout the past couple years. And he's, you know, he's that guy where like he had that rookie year and he was just like, it's like the most efficient rookie season or whatever. Like one of the time, right. we were like, okay, he can't do that again. And then he went out the next year and he was just as efficient. We're like, okay, I, okay. He's really starting to push his luck. And then he did it again year three. At this point, is it just like, it doesn't really matter how much volume he gets because he's just so freaking efficient that like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And he could probably eat Devonta Smith for breakfast. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I got you. But so I, I just looked it up here. Tannehill had 531 attempts and uh, Hertz had 432. It's like 100. It's 100 difference. I just. I, I'm sticking with it. Oh, my God. That was my dog. <laughs> um, oh, the, at the, pot, the, the pie show. is too low. <laughs> the tacos are here, man. He's here, too, with the tacos. He didn't. We don't give him food off the table. He just always. He's pretty cute. He just sits there real quiet and stares at you. Oh, are you going to give him something? No, absolutely not. Wow. I can't encourage that behavior. This is like two strikes already, and we're seven seven minutes and 36 seconds into recording this. He's a really smart dog, first off. He knows, one, how to take caps off a bottle. He knows how to screw off bottle caps. He knows how to open up doors. Um, lately, he has learned that we'll give him a – he loves carrots. We'll give him a carrot when he comes in. Like That's how we get him to come inside from our backyard. And now he'll just go outside for like two minutes and come back in to get a carrot automatically. <laughs> so he's learned how to extort us for carrots like recently. It's it's terrible. Smart, smart, smart. Yeah, in a bad way. Might might be smarter than my normal co-host on this show. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, I, like I said, we we brought you on. I brought you on. Collins, Collins. I don't know where he is. Um, to talk twenty twenty two rookie class. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I had to find somebody that did. Seems like you've. You've been on a crusade on Twitter here lately to enlighten the masses. So that is why I have you here. I know you have uh, a couple different models. Do you have a quarterback one or is it just a wide receiver RB? I do have a quarterback one. I don't, I'm not a big fan of it, but I do have a quarterback model. Okay. So, and I mean, the quarterbacks this year are barely worth talking about anyway. I really want to dig into kind of just your thoughts on the class, what your model thinks. And then so far, I'm assuming you've done a few rookie rookie drafts already. So just kind of where you're seeing value uh, in rookie drafts already this year. So let's let's just get quarterback out of the way. Okay. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Let's just do it. Like and then it's done. It's only one quarterback went in the first round this year. Does your model? I mean, I'm assuming it take the take draft capital into account. So it does. Yeah. Like so the it takes biggest thing that matters. It takes draft capital, the main analytics, and then like I do like a film score. Now, for everyone listening, I've said this a lot on all the shows. I don't really feel like I'm much of a quarterback evaluator. I, I'm not very good at noticing like the back foot stuff or the footwork. I'm not very good at noticing uh, release and stuff like that. So I I understand what I'm lacking. I'm just not there yet. But I, I do care about overall like accuracy and like turnover worthy play type stuff. So I I did like Kenny Pickett a lot. He was the only quarterback I gave a first round grade to. Um, and I gave a second round grade to Sam Howell and Matt Corral. And then I gave Willis like a fourth round grade. And I gave Carson Strong like a fourth round grade. So that, what what drew you to pick it? His accuracy. And I thought his decision making was pretty good too. And and I thought he was mobile enough to extend the play. You know, he didn't have to rely on a clean pocket the way like a, like a Mac Jones or Carson Strong would have to rely on the pocket not collapsing. 
I, I thought he was mobile and smart enough to get the ball in the right spot. So I know we're already seeing kind of the the war between the two sides of this Kenny Pickett argument. You know, the, that, you know, one side is he was the only first round quarterback taken. We should be taking him early uh, in, in super flex rookie drafts this year. There's the side that says like, he's not very good anyway. He's old. Well, you know, whatever other complaints we have about him. So where do you fall on that spectrum? Like what's the earliest you're willing to take him? And just like a 12 team super flex rookie draft uh, currently. Yeah, I actually uh, thought about this earlier today. So I'm glad you asked this question. I, I think it's between the one six and one eight. I think the top four receivers for me are pretty solidified. I think they're all destined to have good careers in the NFL. And I think they're really good picks. And then there's like Sky Moore and George Pickens and then Kenny Pickett. And that's like a tier for me and my overall rankings. So it kind of flip flops. Now, I actually do think. I think for one, Kenny Pickett landed with a really smart coach with a great system. I think he's going to figure it out. Like I think the coach is going to get the most out of Kenny Pickett. And I do think Kenny Pickett might have a Derek Carr type career that that quarterback to middle of the road, like, you know, Kirk Cousins at the best, but like, you know, in in that range of possibilities, that's where I think he goes. And, and those receivers are always going to be good at Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh knows how to draft and coach up their wide receivers. Now you're just buttering me up. I believe that because I, I, I love George Pickens now. I love that. Yeah, and with Deontay, with Claypool, with 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 Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, if they had an offensive line, teams would be scared. I think, but yeah, you know, alas, can't have it all. It's not terrible. It's just not good, right? It's is it bottom third? Is it? It's it was bottom third last year. Okay. I know those those if you're not elite, those those bottom spots tend to shuffle. You know, it's not necessarily uh you know, year over year, it's really hard to be like the 30th best offensive line in the league, like four years in a row. Like usually some sort of variance goes into play at some point down the line, I think. So I do think like offensive line stats get like skewed based on their quarterback scramble ability, you know? Sure. I, I think, I don't know what the Seahawks like offensive line ranks are, but I'm sure Russell Wilson scrambling to prolong a play made them look a little better on paper. So a realistic rookie season for Kenny Pickett looks like what? Assuming that he has the job day one. Oh, man. But, yeah, let's not try to guess. Like, he's not starting week one, but he's starting week four. Like, we won't play that game. Just assume he gets, wins the job in camp. What, can, what What are we reasonably expecting out of Kenny Pickett this year? A low end, like a, a Mac Jones type last year season? Slightly better than that? Because the weapons are a little bit better. I think worse than Mac. I, would Mac finish it? I should have to look it up right now. But I, I think he's more like basis, a, it was not great. Yeah, but I look at it overall. If he played the whole course season, because he plays for the Patriots, and, he played for the whole season. Uh, QB eighteen. Uh, that's fine. Anyway, I think I think Pickett probably goes more in like QB 25, 24 on a per game basis. So not quite with the. Uh, uh, I don't want the I don't want the garbage barely hanging on to their careers but not like guys that are, you know, kind of going on in the mid, mid tiers. Okay. Is this hurt? Um, just one last question on Kenny Pickett, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into your running backs and wide receivers. I'm sure you yeah. care a lot more about them. Um, does he help or hurt Najee Harris? I think it's not a discussion Naj- I've really heard a lot of people talking about. Oh, I think he hurts Najee Harris. Um, big Ben's little noodle arm. I think uh, love to dump it off right away. You know, I think his average release was two seconds, almost two seconds flat, I believe, which is, I think that's insanely fast. I'm not sure. I'm not a quarterback guy, but that sounds insanely fast to me. And I think, I think because Ben was a veteran quarterback, you see veterans quarterback trust their running backs a lot more and look to dump it off. Whereas like younger guys coming from college, like to sling it more because that's kind of how college play can, can happen. Um, so I, I think this hurts Najee's Harris value based off of passing volume. Think gotcha. Which down. is, which is where he got a lot of his points last year. I mean, he had games for, you know, 10 plus catches at least once. Yeah. 19 targets in one had. game. Yeah. 19 targets in like week two or week three. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, it's good stuff there. So let's, let, let's shift over to running back now. Okay. Um, a class that depending on who you talk to is probably one really good prospect. One or two, like they're fine. And then a lot of blah. Is that, where you're at or, or what what are, what are your rankings shaping up like here yeah absolutely that's where i'm at i got Brees hall 101 in all formats and then uh kenneth walker is more like the 109 for me so i'm not really touching him anywhere um 
Yeah, Brees Hall for me for Dynasty. I think I have him right now RB nine, and I, it's not that I think the skill set's really there, and, and I think most people camps can don't really care much about the combine. We care more about how their game athleticism is, like actually on the field. And I think his combine made him look a little more athletic than he actually is on the field. But I, I have an RB nine mostly one because it's like a clean bill of health. A lot of these running backs can't stay healthy. A lot of them coming off of major injuries, you know. Um, so I do have him as like a back end RB one, but as a can, as a can rookie. I have- can I ask oh. the eight guys you have in front of them? Oh, I gotta pull them up. Thank oh, you, you don't sorry. have it in front of you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I got the wide receivers pulled up in front of me though. Uh, where are we go? Oh, Brees Hall. Yeah. So I, I think I think he's a mid tier RB two this year. Um, but I think he becomes RB one next year, and I think he be stays in that mid to back end RB one for like the next two three years. Okay. Do you think? Michael Carter eats into him at all? Like, is is Michael Carter just, just a, just a this speed one bump on the way? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a speed bump on the way. It's fourth-round draft capital. He doesn't offer any pass pro ability, really. Um, and he doesn't really offer much between the tackles there. I mean, he's an undersized back. He's pretty good hands. But uh, Zach Wilson still hasn't learned how to dump it off. I, we saw some growth in him, I think, during his freshman year, which is really encouraging. But he's still not accommodating to, like, the dump offs, um, I believe. I believe. Carter's best game was actually with Mike White, not with Zach Wilson. And he had two like good games. And they came off of volume, passing volume workloads. So I, I do believe Michael Carter is just a speed bump on the way. You want to hear something hot takey? Yes, while we're on the, the topic of Michael Carter, I'm going to uh, toss this out there and, and you can react to it. Yeah, give it to me while I have a bite of this taco. I don't say I don't know that James Cook was it was a noticeably better prospect than Michael Carter is, besides the fact that that some team he managed to hoodwink someone into taking him day two. If you look at pretty much anything analytically from college, uh, Carter comes out on top and it's not like Carter. Carter was not at Georgia, but he was with Javante Williams who also got round two capital. And is this guy that that we think very highly of like he outproduced him receiving market share wise. He outproduced him as a runner, like not, not raw stats, like just, you know, on a per touch, you know, efficiency type basis. Um, I'll throw that out there. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think, oh, like my overall rankings, I think James Cook is like a back of the second round rookie pick, which there's always someone taking him back of the first. So um, I own zero shares of him. And I, I am that guy that's sticking with the narrative that the Buffalo Bills wanted J.D. McKissick. So they drafted J.D. McKissick because they couldn't get one. So I, I'm with you, though. I don't think he's that great of a runner. I think as a receiver, he can line up out wide. And personally, I think he should convert to wide receiver and just work on that craft. But um, no, I, I'm with you, and, and it just kind of like frustrates me. People, people that don't watch college ball, like they watched the one game against like Alabama, and that was probably his greatest run of his entire career was against Alabama. So he doesn't really offer a lot between the tackles. He has like zero contact balance, but I, I can't deny his like hands are really good. He's got good. He's really good at transitioning to a runner, which I think is he is. Yeah, I think that's a little more rare for for running backs to have be that quick transition. So I think he has that and that going for him, um, but. I was really hoping to see Buffalo like grab a bruiser so they could not use Josh Allen that way. I thought that would kind of be the route they go this draft, but well, they tried that with Zach Moss and it didn't yeah. work out so well. So um, I think maybe they were like, well, let's try the other approach. Like, we'll we'll find a guy that can catch passes. Um, speaking of guys that struggle to transition from pass catcher to ball carrier, Kenneth Walker, you have as a, as a, a late first round guy, and I do as well. And a normal like. I tried to articulate this last year when I was talking about Brees Hall. And I was like, I like Brees Hall, but I think if it, in a perfect world, if you're sitting there and you your team stunk and that and like it's your 101, you have it. You're really disappointed that Brees Hall is like the the, the pick there. Like you would rather wow. get Brees Hall as like the 104 in a rookie draft. Like like he's just not this this insane prospect. And I think when I think of Kenneth Walker, I think of him as like an early round two rookie guy. Yeah. Okay. So I guess like just, just for comparison reasons out here, I think this class running back class is very similar to that Josh Jacobs class where it was just Josh Jacobs and like a bunch of guys. Thank you. That is the level of prospect I called Brees Hall and I got laughed at. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I think, okay. Yeah. I would hundred percent agree. He's the same level as Josh Jacobs. I just think Josh Jacobs just landed in the wrong offensive system. And, and I don't, I don't think we know enough about the New York Jets new system here to feel good about it but you know i believe in the talent the draft capital is there and and he clearly said like they wanted me in the first i mean if you're taking a running back in the back of the first like it's got to be a pretty big plan because the narrative now is 
is that running backs have just been overall devalued now. You know, the fourth round is a new third round and all that. So, I so yeah, I, I agree though. Josh, he's Josh Jacobs. He's Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And he. Uh, um. I'll go ahead. Oh, and just you know, he's um. Josh Jacobs was a back end RB one his entire career. You know, so you know, same, same, exactly how I feel about him. So. So Kenneth Walker. Oh, Kenneth Walker. You, uh, no, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, you. you he's your your RB two, <laughs> but it's a, kind of by default, maybe. Um. Yes. Realistic ceiling here with the Seahawks come about yeah so I, I had a hard time because I'm, I'm definitely in the crowd where he's not going to catch a lot of balls and that's that's the big jump to RB1 for fantasy is if you can catch balls or not and he, he didn't catch in college and I, I believe our own Noah Hills actually like dispelled that it's just scheme because he brought up like their historic like historically like their last running back caught like 15% of, of passes but anyway um it's hard for me to quantify that, so I actually checked out Mike Clay's projections. I don't live and die by Mike Clay's projections, but you know, it gets me kind of gets me thinking. Gets the gears going, and he actually had uh, he had Kenneth Walker as like RB thirty three. He had him like splitting carries exactly with Rashad Penny, and I think that's accurate because I I don't think Rashad Penny just rolls over and dies. Like Rashad Penny looked really good last year at the end, and assuming he's still healthy now, which I I would I would assume he is. I don't think he just rolls over and dies right away either. He's he's a speed bump, but a much larger speed bump than Michael Carter is. Yeah, you really have to slow down to go over him. Whereas, uh, uh, Mike, you know, Brees Hall in New York, like he he hits that speed bump. And he, did, did I just hit something? And this one's like, yeah, uh, yeah you gotta <laughs> slow down, or you're gonna go flying. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the difference between a squirrel on the road and like a deer. Like it's a... <laughs> you'll know. When you, you heard it your first, guys. Michael <laughs> Carter is a squirrel, and Rashad Penny is a deer. Yeah. Um, sorry, Pete. Uh, we're gonna get flagged for this episode for sure. Um, so, Brees Hall one, Kenneth Walker two. We mentioned James Cook. Is he your third guy, or do you have another guy or two to kind of slot in before that? Before you're looking at taking what you perceive to just be kind of a third down back kind of. Guy? Yeah, this this was hard for me in the rankings. It really was. I do have James Cook third. I didn't want to get too cute with my rankings the way some people do. Um, but I had James Cook third because I do think he catches balls there. And I think he gets like, I don't know, 100 carries for like 400 yards, maybe 350 yards, because I don't think he's going to run very well between the tackles. But I, I think he gets the carries at least, you know, year one. They want to see how he looks on the ground. So I do have James Cook as my number three running back. But like in my overall rankings, he's like RB40. Like he's not up there. Um, But I am, this is where I'm going to mention Tyler Algier. <laughs> I like Tyler Algier a lot. I liked him in the pre-draft process. I think he's so disrespected. But I thought we were done with this, Mike. No, we're not. we talked about this. We won't be done for another year, maybe two. <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> Let me explain why. I think he can be two thirty-year-olds for the starting job. Now, just like Michael Carter, and I preach this for everybody: if it's a day three draft asset, then they're replaceable for NFL teams. And if they're replaceable for NFL teams, they should be replaceable on your fantasy roster. So if if Algier does win the job, and I think he does, um, barring like some insane rookie season like James Robinson, you need to sell him if you're not a contender. Um, flip him for extra value. I think a lot of people are getting him early third. I think you can get a second round pick easily for for Tyler Algier if he does take that starting role. But yeah, if he's if you're not a contender, then just just get the value and, and use it later. But I, I do think Tyler Algier can beat 30 year old Damian Williams and then 31 year old Cordell Patterson, who really trailed off end of last year this whole running back class after those first three guys you mentioned it's it's a difficult calculation because you're basically betting that whoever's in front of them probably gets hurt this year and then maybe they can become relevant but if it doesn't if if they're the guy in front of them get hurt this year that's a chance they get drafted over next year it's a very fine line that i think a lot of these guys are walking like the the Keontae Ingrams, the Hassan Haskins, yeah, the Tyler yeah, Algiers, yeah. the uh, I'm trying to think, uh, any of those those backs that were saying, well, they could get some yeah, time Zemir, this Damian. year. So, Damian Pierce, yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all these guys. It feels like you know if they don't do it this year, and even if they do, there's a chance they get drafted over next year. What's probably going to be a better running right. back class, um, and, and you know teams aren't really tied to these guys. Yeah, right. Um, I was going to say. And, and running backs do always get hurt, too. That's what I'm about to go with this. Um, I don't have the numbers this year, but I know last year at the top 24, by this year I meant the 21 season. In the 2020 season, 
in the top 24, only two running backs um, played the entire season. And could you take your guess on who those two running backs were in 2020? 2020, I'm going to guess they were oh something stupid. Like, Yeah, one is stupid, but one, one makes sense, too. One makes sense. Uh, I was going to guess yeah. like James White or Rex Burkhead or like somebody like that. No, so Derrick Henry. Okay. That big season. And then uh, Naeem Hines, who was RB25 okay. that year. Okay. Yeah, so so running backs do always get hurt. And just the fact that these guys are older, it just kind of, you know, ups the the chances of them getting hurt. And and people, running backs, bodies, and, and receivers too, don't bounce back that well once they hit that 30-year-old age. So, yeah. It, so all these RBs are a gamble here. And, and I think that's why a lot of people are preaching to take the wide receivers here. But, you know, Damian Pierce is, same concept as Algier. He can win that backfield. And Marlon Mack is, you know, he's missing his, what is he missing? An ACL and an Achilles both. And then um, Rex Burkhead's like 33 years old. So it's same concept with them too. But uh, all these running backs, if they flash value and you draft them, I'm looking to flip them immediately. Like immediately. Is there an undrafted guy you like this year? I've heard some talk of uh, like Abram Smith. The Steelers gave uh, Mateo Durant a pretty decent chunk of change to come there. And they don't really have a, a consistent backup. There's a couple other guys as well. Anybody stand out to you there? Yeah. So I'm I'm going to change this a little bit to like re- late round guys outside okay. the the fifth round. Not counting Algier. We talked about Algier, but I Isaiah Pacheco uh, for the Chiefs. I don't. My dog just pushed open the door because he knows how to open doors. This is great. Um, he's looking for carrots. I, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, he's fast. He's, he's got the right size. When you watch his tape, he doesn't really find any success right down the middle. He's, he just, a guy that likes to kick it out wide and beat him with speed. The only reason why I think he's a good gamble is because he has a size and two, like, it's very clear that CEH isn't the guy to run between the tackles. So, well, first, first off, how dare you with that? (laughs) How dare you? So he's, he's, uh, he's one of my late round gambles and, um, Kevin Harris who had a historic sophomore season, the Patriots one don't pay their running backs. They let them walk all the time. And it seems like every running back gets their shot. So not that Kevin Harris is going to take it over this year, but Damian Harris leaves next year and Kevin Harris will definitely get a shot next to Ramondre. And then, you know, we'll see. And then again, flip for value right away. Um, any other thoughts on the RB class before we shift over to wide receiver? I think wide receivers, the most contentious of the three, the, the groups that, that we can talk about here. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, there's no real thoughts here. It's just okay. uh, draft the handcuffs in late round of rookie drafts. Usually late round wide receivers don't ever work out. So I just grab those. Once you get to like the third, fourth, fifth round, if you go to the fifth round, I, I, I recommend grabbing your tight ends or running backs and flip the running backs for value as soon as they flash. One, one other question for you, since you're a Patriots fan, you already talked a little bit about Kevin Harris. Um, Pierre Strong. Yeah, what, so, what, what do you think? A, I mean, James White role basically after this yeah, year. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't really like his pass catching ability on film. I didn't think it was to that level. Um, but yeah, I think I think he slides into that James White role long term. So I, yeah. I think he has some value there. Figured I'd ask the the resident Patriots fan. Uh, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Um, all right, wide receiver. Let's do it. Um, okay. Everyone's kind of got their favorite this year. Um, who ended up as your wide receiver one after all was said and done here? Yeah, so Burks was my pre-draft wide receiver one, and he finishes as my post-draft wide receiver one. Woo! Um, Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Yeah, knew I liked you. Yeah, uh, comparing him to last year, he's um, I think he's like my wide receiver two overall. Um, but I I, I will admit that I one hundred percent missed on Waddle. I don't. I was too concerned about injury and that's just a huge mistake. And I never made that mistake again, but um, so he, he graded out very high for me. He's just an sec receiver. I understand that he's schemed that way and you can put a narrative on both sides of that story, but um, his size for one, he's compared to AJ Brown and AJ Brown got immediately traded. He gets drafted immediately to like fill that role. Like he's clearly put in that role. It's the same coaching staff. They're going to hope him to use him the same way. Um, and this is going to be a little lofty. I'm going to admit this is a little lofty here. I know they're a low volume offense, but I think that's mostly been because they don't have any healthy wide receivers. I, so I, I think they want to pass more, but like uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, whether the UDFA had to mm-hmm. be like the wide receiver one for like three, four games. And that's, that's just not ideal. So I, I hope to see them pass more this year. I think that's possible with Woods and Burks. 
Um, but yeah, Burks is my route wide receiver one here. I think he has the highest ceiling. I think I projected him to hit to barely hit a thousand yards his rookie season. Just remember, there's an extra game this year, so it's so easy. Like, yeah, look at me saying this. It's so easy to hit a thousand yards, but that extra game, like, really kind of pushes people over the like it, the line. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to ask you, I guess, here because you earlier were well, we talked a little bit about about uh, AJ Brown, who was with the Titans, and and you know he he didn't garner a ton of volume even when he was playing. I think it was like 7.6 targets per game or something like that. Like I think nothing it was like eight or nine, but yeah, it was less than 10. Less than 10. It's not outrageous. So, and he was like, basically like the, the hyper efficient guy. Like it's very difficult to be more efficient than him. So yeah, like how, there has to be a decent uptick in, in, in pass attempts to feel good about Burks replicating at least year one. Right. Like I, I think, a thousand, a thousand yards year one, assuming he, you know, full health and, and right. 17 games and all that jazz still feels a little rich for me just based on what we've seen out, out of a comparable player there. Yeah. So I was talking to a good friend of mine, Jake S he's on Dynasty. He's, he's on Twitter. It's at Dynasty underscore Jake. Um, Cause my, that? my side note, how was that tag still available? I don't know. That, There's a lot bad. of Jakes. They they have their own Jake Dynasty League, and everyone with the name Jake is in it. <laughs> That's awesome. They're, the Austin one would have like three people in it. So. <laughs> um, but uh, my roster is rebuilding, right? And I got like Christian Kirk and Jacoby Myers starting, not because I want to, because I have to. And I I had like three first round picks this year, so pretty good rebuild. I got three next year, so I'm pretty excited about that. But anyway, he was like, "Bro, why are you not going to start Traylon Burks like Week One?" And I was like, rookies never break out week one. I think the only one to ever do that was Calvin Ridley. And I decided to look back at it. And I look back at the 2021 class, legendary class there. Um, and I actually went through. And it was actually a lot of early breakouts. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was like week two. Jerry, well, Jerry Drew's going to be, we'll, we'll see about that. Justin Jefferson week three. Ayuk was week three. And then Claypool was week four. Like there's, there's some pretty early breakouts. So I actually think in this class, I think we're going to see early breakouts as well, and I think Burks has to be one of them. I mean, he has a veteran quarterback, and he's clearly filling a hole. So I, I think we could see an early breakout by by Burks here, talking about like a, you know, by week five at the latest. I think we can see an early breakout. Okay. Um, so he's your wide receiver one. Yes. Who's who's next here? Uh, Jamison Williams, actually. And that's wow. Kind of rare. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my my pre-draft rankings didn't really change too much. Or my post-draft rankings to pre-draft. I, I like the spot. I don't think Amon is a special talent. I think he's a good talent. Um, But again, fourth-round wide receiver, disposable asset. And I think, you know, he also gets a veteran quarterback that knows how to execute a scheme. So, um, and there's a post-draft, <laughs> excuse me, there's a draft interview. There's an interview for Jamison Williams of them talking about his recovery and he was outright like, yeah, I want to be ready by OTAs. Uh, that's my target date. And the guy was like, well, that's really lofty. And he's just like, you know, you know I'm going to see what the what the doctors say, but that's the goal right now. And he's like, will you be ready for the season? And he's just like, oh, I'll be ready before the season, 100%. So he's, again, sports medicine is just advanced so far right now. But he is on track to start week one. I don't think he's an immediate week one impact. Nobody is. But I think, I think Jared Goff, is smart enough to execute a scheme to get him in the open. And then he just uses his speed to once in a while, burn the defense on a long run. Um, They have, this is a really weird thing to say about Detroit. They actually kind of have a lot of mouths to feed there. It's yeah. Swift, Hawkinson, Swift and Hawkinson, Amon Ra, and then obviously Jameson Williams now. Right. We don't uh, count Chark. We don't, it, we don't count Chark. Yet. No, I don't either. <laughs> I, pur- I purposefully did not mention him. Um, So he kind of has the opposite quote-unquote problem that that burks has mm-hmm. um limiting at all for you or no just because he does something so different i think there'll else. be game scripted that they have to pass a lot okay so okay. and i think he's going to be one of the more first i think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be one of the first reads you know it's gonna be hawker him like i don't think i'm ross the first read anymore so those are your top two then yes yes can a Garrett Wilson, Drake London in some order, the next two guys? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so just just so everyone knows, Austin's asked me this before my process for rankings. I, I do draft trends, analytics, and then I go to film. And I just kind of use the trends and the analytics to get them in tiers, narrow down the group, and then I look at um then I look at film to see where I put them in those tiers. Um 
today I actually went out there and I decided to map out the all the first round wide receivers from the last 10 years. Now, if we exclude, exclude last or this year because they haven't played yet, that, that's 40 wide receivers. 17 were late declares. 23 were early declares. And everyone knows early declares. It's like it's probably the metric next to draft capital. Um, out of the 23 early declares, 19 were hits. Uh, we're still waiting to see if Jerry Judy's a hit. So that's one TBD. But it's 19. And if we look at late declares, there's only four. So I, I 17, you said? Out of 17. Okay. And, and those four were like Mike Williams, who had one season. Demonte Parker had one season. Um, AJ Jenkins was wide receiver 24 for just one season. And then it was Kendall Wright, who was also just one season. So, again, it's, it's early to clear over everything for me. Um, so that's that's why Chris Olave got bumped down, because that, that question will come up later. But um, oh, oh, yes, it will. <laughs> so, um, no, Gary Wilson's next for me. I think he's the safest skill wise. I thought he's the most refined product, the most pro ready. Um, he has a wide range of outcomes, but I don't think I think if you had to ask somebody who had like the least bust potential, I think they would probably say Garrett Wilson. Um, but a lot of his success comes off of Zach Wilson taking that next step, I believe. So Elijah Moore is there. And I really want to ask you a question about Elijah Moore, but. Elijah Moore is there already. Elijah Moore looked great for a six-game stretch of time. He was like, why is he for two? Um, and now it's like, well, I think everyone thinks Garrett Wilson's better than Elijah Moore. I don't think I'm going to argue that. But it's still some high level of internal competition, and it's going to be a 1A, 1B type of situation. And everyone's assuming, I am too, I'm just giving the possibility, that Garrett Wilson's the 1A. But again, the question is, can Zach Wilson take that next step forward? And they still have Corey Davis there too. <laughs> Like, I think this is kind of, I mean, I'm not uh, expecting Corey Davis to, you know, 85 catches, 1300 yards, nine touchdowns or anything, but right. I think he's going to be on the field a decent amount. And now, I mean, you're playing three wide receivers. Those are probably your three guys, right. but I mean, I, 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 he's not dead. And I think that does eat into Elijah Moore slash Garrett Wilson a little bit, at least this year and i believe there's like a huge potential out after this year so i really cannot imagine that they keep they, they save like a 20 something million if they yeah they got to save that year. money at that contract yeah. he's definitely a three for me um he's never really been a separator he's kind of just been a big guy that kind of a, not a contested catch guy but like he's basically right there contested catch he's a bit of a bully yeah yeah he's a big he's a physical player so I, and that too i think he'll be on the field to block when there's like run play like he'll be on the field to help actual blocks and i imagine he's much better at blocking than elijah Moore, who's <laughs> Small. From what I've read, he's one of the better pass block or, um, uh, blocking uh, wide receivers in the NFL. I yeah. would be lying if I said I've gone back to watch Corey Davis to see how well he blocks. <laughs> right. But right. Yeah. So I'm not really too worried about him. He's a speed bump. He's a speed bump. Be- <laughs> on the scale of squirrel to deer, <laughs> where is he on the scale here, he's, Mike? He's, I like to develop this. He's thing. a he's a raccoon. A okay. Bigger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this is a lot of fun. Um. <laughs> So, so okay, and then Drake London in um in Atlanta, Twin Towers type deal with yeah. I just Kyle I just Pitts. listed off how all these guys are hits except for like four and like the four that or well the three because we're waiting on Jerry Judy, but the three that aren't hits are like Nikhil Harry and then oh, just Nikhil Harry. I can't remember the other ones, but anyway, I move forward. I think he has a very similar skill set as Kyle Pitts. Um, he's slower and less athletic than Kyle Pitts, and it's kind of rare to find a wide receiver that's less athletic than their tight end. Um, and I think they play very similarly. So um, on top of that, Marcus Mariota is a quarterback. I don't believe in Mariota. And then the quarterback that they drafted was Desmond Ritter. And I don't want to talk for you, but I don't think anyone at the site believes in Desmond Ritter like that either. Matt Bruning says he could be a, he could be a real fine QB2 for you someday, oh, which is – and that's the best, I think, um, uh, nicest thing anybody's had to say about him. So I think that's true. Yeah. Okay, so – but moving forward, though uh, – Let's say Mariota is not it, and it's Desmond Ritter early on. Um, it's well documented by JJ Zachary. Did a great study. I want to say it's episode five ten. If you want to go listen to his podcast, where he documents one dual threat quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks. And there's, I'm paraphrasing. And I don't have the exact numbers, so I'm very sorry. But there's only been one rookie quarterback to support a top twenty four option ever, and I think it was actually like Baker Mayfield, and it was like Jarvis Landry, who was like wide receiver twenty three. Really? So it's so rookie quarterbacks are bad for fantasy options just for their first year. So, so now, now I'm curious. I feel like Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen probably did something his rookie year too. No, or no. Mike Williams. No, 
Oh, I'm not really sure. Actually, you, you stall. I'm gonna go look this up. Okay. Go okay. Up. Okay. Okay. So, um, so Mariota's not it. I don't think Mariota's it. And if if Desmond Ritter takes over, it's guaranteed to be not it at least for a year. And let's just say Desmond Ritter actually is bad, and they have early draft capital, and then they're like, they're like, okay, we'll get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Well, that's another year of rookie quarterbacks. So, so now I'm waiting for a year three breakout. And year three breakouts now are super rare. They're they're actually they're, it's now more of a year two breakout. The the only year three breakout that like I don't know like I'm projecting next year is like Jerry Judy. But even like before that, if you look back, it's year three breakouts seem to be fading as as a thing. So I'm a little bit out on Drake London. I don't like his skill set. I think it's very similar to what they already have going on there. I think he's similar to the the physical catch, the, the contested catch guys who don't do well for fantasy, but he actually has the physical tools to succeed in the NFL. He's going to be the last time I buy into a physical receiver, by the way. If he doesn't work out, I'll never endorse one ever again. Never, ever? Never, never, ever. I, and this is also the last year I buy into an athletic wide receiver. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, so that's that's my issue with Drake London. And and he didn't he didn't test. Like, he didn't, you know, do anything for his pro day. And I get he's coming off an ankle injury. He didn't train for it either. But, like, that's what killed David Bell's value was when people were like, oh, he's not super athletic. And I don't think I don't think Drake London would have tested well either. So no, I, I mean he wouldn't have. I mean, that, that's probably. I mean he was coming off injury, but that's that's why he didn't. Uh, that's why he didn't run at his pro day, right? Because he, he wouldn't right. have run well. Yeah, yeah. He said that too. He said, "Well, I've been training the whole offseason like everybody else has," and that was a really fair point. Like that really was. In 2020, with Justin Herbert in standard scoring, Keenan Allen was wide receiver 19, and in PPR he was wide receiver 14. So all right, well take that. There's at least two. <laughs> There's but it's two. Not a lot. Yeah. So it, anyway, it's it's very rare. So yeah, those are those are my top four, and I feel I would feel really good about drafting any of those four. And if so, I had to pick one to fail, which is super rare, it would be Drake London. You mentioned Pickens and Moore as, yes. as two other guys when we were discussing Kenny Pickett there that are kind of around him in 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 your rankings. Yeah, positives so, so they, for both of them. I mean, landing spot obviously great, and and, and mid day two draft capital is nice as well. Yeah, so I, I love them. Again, mentioned trends here. I don't have I, would, I didn't have enough time to crunch the numbers on the round two early declare late declares. I know I know they have a lot more success rate for late declares in the second round. But um Chris Moss did a study last year, again showing trends on wide receivers draft in the second round. Cause we 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 were discussing in the in a Slack one day talking about well, I think it's really important for a receiver to be a top fifty pick. And, and Chris Moxley just came in, slammed his article down from last year and was like, no, I already dispelled this. And receivers actually have a higher chance of success being drafted in the back half of the wide receivers. Again, just a trend. And some people might call it a small sample size. But I think it was like 45 wide receivers was his sample size. Um, but it was it was a significant difference in the back end of the second. And both Sky Moore and George Pickens are not only early declares, but they got drafted in the second half of the second round and they both landed and probably the perfect situations ever because Sky Moore gets, um, oh excuse me, he gets uh, Patrick Mahomes and and J- yeah, sure Juju Juju Smith-Schuster's there, but Juju Smith-Schuster's on a one-year deal. MVS like nobody cares. I mean, the guy had back-to-back MVP quarterback, and he still wasn't relevant. So see you later, MVS, whatever. And and Travis Kelsey's kind of getting old too. Travis Kelsey's still the top target there, but I mean Sky Moore is like right there. And I also was charting early declare small school receivers. So guy, there's only there's only two, there's only two four, ever. No, Corey Davis did four years, didn't he? Yeah, he did four years. Uh, or I should say non. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll extend it. Non Power Five schools early declares that makes it three. The last ten years. Do you want to take a guess on any of them? That went in the second round, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I I honestly don't even know because I think Gabriel Davis was an early declare, right? But he was uh, not day two. No, he was like a fifth rounder, I believe, fourth rounder. Yeah. Um, it's Devontae Adams. I should I should say late day too. Yeah. So it's Devontae Adams was one, and the other one was Will Fuller. They're they're, they're the uh, only other non-power now, five schools. Now come on, now we can't we can't include Will Fuller in that discussion. Notre Dame, they're independent, but I said non-power five. I said non-power five. Okay, all right. But yeah, anyway, I'm not saying he's like that level of athlete, but it just it just makes me feel better about my bias. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a small sample size. Any but, other wide receivers stick out to you after those two guys, or is that kind of where we're starting starting to get into a dicey category? 
Yeah, that's dicey for me. And I like George Pickens because, you know, off-field issues, like, sure. But then he goes to the one coach that happens to do well with off-field issue players. And, of course, the guy that knows how to draft uh, wide receivers and, and develop them. But anyway, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, next next after there is Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson, late declares. Now, being a late declare is not a death sentence. I, I listed off a lot of. You just made it sound like it was a death sentence, though. So which is it, Mike? Is it a death sentence? or There's there's still some success rates with late declares, but like I don't like their situations either. Like it doesn't make me feel better. Like I, So it's, oh, by the way, they're not my wide receiver seven here. We're at like six. I'm skipping over somebody, but they're at eight and nine. Okay. Yeah. So who are we skipping? Who are we skipping over? David Bell. Okay. I know it's a hot take. Okay. David Bell okay. is my wide receiver seven in this class. That's but not, that's um, yeah, good spot. Day two. Late third, late third. I mean, day three wide receivers is like a hard hit. Like it's it's kind of hard. But um, yeah. So Chris Olave goes to uh, the Saints. I mean, it's it's Jameis Winston, and people want to be like, well, Jameis Winston threw for like five thousand yards. But we watched him last year with the Saints, and he certainly like if you extrapolated his like you know his six his six games, we're playing the extrapolation game. He comes out as the lowest passing yards and like the lowest for passing attempts. And I can't imagine they're gonna change that scheme too much and. Michael Thomas is clearly coming back because he's restructured his deal three times. So Michael Thomas is going to be in the slot, and they're going to use Chris. I'm assuming here. There's all assumptions, and I assume they're going to use Chris Olave as like a stretch wide receiver, like he was used in Ohio State this last year. Not because that's his skill set, just because that's where he gets like defaulted to. So, and I, I don't want that. I don't want an undersized stretch wide receiver. I mean, he's not too small, but like as far as like boundary guys, that's that's on the smaller side. You know, it's a it's a bummer because before last year, especially after his sophomore year, they used the Ohio State used him as much more of a possession guy. Yeah, I actually really liked him in that role. I thought he, I he did too. He especially you know like along the sidelines, he he was real savvy. Um, I I really liked him in that role, and then they kind of like totally recast him, uh, junior and then especially senior year, which I mean I guess shows some versatility, but. I'm wondering now because he ran fast and he did that. If 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 we're ever really going to see a a possession Alave, if we're going to just see more of the the deep threat Alave. Yeah, if there's one guy that's going to be like a later breakout, it would be Alave for me. Um, but yeah, so I don't I don't believe James Winston's the future. And then again, if they go for a rookie quarterback the next year, once again, that's kind of that's going to hold back his like breakout to like year three again. And then I'll have some interest if, like, they get some top-tier rookie quarterback there. And Michael Thomas, I don't know how old he is but or what his contract is right now. He's been restructured a bunch. But I would be much more interested with an older Michael Thomas and a younger quarterback. Dotson, just first-round draft capital. I mean, that's, you know. He'd be, he's my wide receiver nine, yeah. I, I think his value is all dependent on if Terry McLaurin comes back or not. I feel like they're really comparable in skills, which is kind of just a little confused on why he's there. I don't think Curtis Samuel's just dead yet. I think I'm a truther though, so I gotta put that in there. Um, there might be some bias in there, but he's clearly top three on that team for receiving options. They again, once again, same thing. They got Carson Wentz, who's on like his third team. I think I think Carson Wentz has proven that he just isn't it anymore. He can't bounce back. I think that's that's proven. They're just kicking the tire down the road. And same story with the rookie wide receiver hopeful next year, or maybe maybe Sam, Sam Howell who. Fell in the draft just amazingly. Just no one really knows why. But if Sam Howell takes over and becomes a thing, then that would make me feel good too. But again, this this for me depends on if Terry McLaurin stays or goes. David Bell is, is your wide receiver seven. You said, and we I don't know. Yes. I, mean, I don't know if there's that much noteworthy to talk about with him. I actually want to ask you about another guy that we shared a love for in the draft process. And then he went a little later, and I thought he would. And I think okay. the look on your face tells me that you probably know where I'm going with this. Khalil yeah. Shakir, who ended up with Buffalo, I find myself getting him in the third round of rookie drafts a mm-hmm. lot this year. I don't have a lot of first and seconds. I got a lot of thirds. Right. Um, so I've been loading up on some Khalil Shakir. Uh, am I am I foolish, or or could this play work out for me here? I think he could work out for you. I mean, he's he's the next Debo Samuel, so let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Tell me more. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's no Debo Samuel coming up, by the way, guys. Like, no one at all. But if there is one, it would be Raheem Sanders. But anyway, we'll keep moving forward. Um, what about Parker Washington, actually? Okay, so I, I'm a little low on Parker Washington, which you'll see in the ranking sheet for our Debbie guide. I'm actually, I think I went to like, I went to 50 the other night. Well, we're about very... to talk wide receivers in like two hours, so uh, yeah, I'll yeah. get to hear your your thoughts on that. Okay, but... it was super hard, but I'm just not convinced he can be a one there. I, not that I don't think he is, but I, I am in the Mitchell Tinsley fan club, so. Okay, 
Just thought I'd throw that out there since you were talking about Parker Washington's kind of that <laughs> thicker guy. Uh, Khalil Shakir, though, Buffalo. Khalil Shakir, yes. Went to the fifth round. Um, my biggest fall for him in film watching, he likes to body catch a lot, um, which sucks. He's got, he's he's got, got tiny arms. He can't barely yeah. get him out. He's like a T. I mean, it's just – it's right here, the T-Rex. There's no proof that, that shorter arms correlates to anything. And so I, I think it's just an, an excuse. But – but just moving forward, I, I love the skill set. I thought he was an absolute pay, playmaker with the ball in his hands. Like once he got the ball, it was clear that he that Boise wanted the ball in his hands. So they use him in the backfield. They use him in the slot out wide. He was moving around a lot, and it was clear that when he had the ball in his hands, he he could make plays. Like he was he was a yak guy, and that's that's kind of where the NFL is going. It's towards like yak ability. Um, so but he goes to the fifth, which is just kind of a death sentence. Like it really is, unless you're Darnell Mooney. Like you know, and then. I think there's one like day three guy that kind of works out each year. I think if you're going to bet on one day three guy working out, it's going to be Khalil Shakir. So we had like Darnell Mooney and then Amon Ra. And I think it's going to be Khalil Shakir this year. Um, but again, it's a day three asset. You got to treat it like it's a short term asset and you got to dump him off. It's going to suck. But like if he does take off, you got to dump him off. Um, but he, he only has to be Jamison Crowder for the slot role, who's always hurt. It's going to happen. And if he takes off with it, then then, yeah, that'll be great. So I think he's, I think he's a really good pick in the third. I really like Shakir. I uh, I did the future freshman podcast earlier today. We were talking about uh, Antonio <laughs> Williams. So I was saying that I really like these guys. That not only they are they positionally versatile, as then like they can play. You know, I I think although Shakir, I'm a little you know I'm not sure if he's a true X, but I, he can definitely play the Y and the Z. And then you're also skill set versatile, where you can play short, intermediate, or deep. And I think finding a guy that can do all those things like you know the, the three different positions or four yeah. different and then the all three skills as well is very difficult Shakir is a guy that that kind of showed the ability to do that in college so I think that makes me feel a little better about him as well that I think the Buffalo can find some way to use him because he can just be used in so many different freaking ways yeah yeah I, I think I call I call it the hybrid role because they can go inside or outside and and play all those levels that's that's why that's very creative of you nickname by the way Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I saw someone call them beta alphas. Like, nah, no thanks. It's a hybrid for me. That's too that's too fancy for me. Yeah. Yeah. In one year out the other. Yeah. But <laughs> but um yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think he really does have a versatile skill set. I was pretty surprised how far he fell because I thought like I don't know, Bill Belichick likes to get creative with his play calling. I thought he would have been great for the Patriots in like the third round. I felt like that was a skill set that we could use and something that we would use, for example. So I I, I think he offers a lot of value to a team as like a gadget guy, but like, yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying I agree with you. So one more question. You you segment segued me into it perfectly. Why take a perfectly good Khalil Shakir, or Khalil Shakir when you could take a perfectly good Taekwon Thornton? Day two. He's, he's a special teams player. And and, and people are going to be like, who's going to take a special teams player in the second round? The Patriots. The Patriots would do that. That's That's something that we would absolutely do. And I... I can't I can't really I can't justify like a second rounder compared to like a, a fifth rounder here. But um if we look at late declares too for the for the top two rounds here, there's usually one or two that make it each year. And if you're looking at the top two rounds, it's it's Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, Alec Pierce, and Tyquan Thornton. It's five guys. And if you had to tell me one of those five guys, it would probably be Chris Olave. I think everyone would say Chris Olave is gonna be the one late declare that makes it out of that group. Which should always be have you seen the office? Well, yeah, yes. It's Huge always problem. the one you most medium suspect. So I feel like that would be like Alec Pierce. Yeah, was that the murder episode? Yeah, the murder yeah. in Savannah. So it's actually <laughs> funny there, uh, not to go too far off the rails here. Um, there are the extended episodes that they release on Peacock, like the the extended. Yes, they, they haven't watched those yet, but yeah. There, I was just watching one the other day where he, uh, it's Phyllis's wedding actually. Dwight uses that uh, basically the same line when he's talking about catching wedding crashers, he says, it's not the one person you most suspect. And it's not the person you, I was like, wow, they cut that line out and then they just reused it again later. Oh, but that made me think of that. So, it, okay. So uh, Alec Pierce is going to break out. You heard it here first based on yeah. the Dwight Schrute principle. And I, I, before Austin tries to hurry me up, I'm going to take over the show here for a second. David Bell. Okay. Fifth round early declare. Okay. There's only been seven, the last 10 years early declares. Two of them have been hits and not only have two of them been hits, but two of them have been, huge hits it's keenan allen and it's chris godwin and i think it's pretty comparable to both he goes to a quarterback that's what's well, Deshaun watson like, i mean that's a great quarterback to be tied to for your rookie contract and they have like a pretty open field like, there's donovan people jones is just gonna be a field stretcher and i don't know who else is on that roster but they're not great oh anthony cooper Schwartz. Coop. oh yeah okay cooper's the one i'm not he's definitely not beating cooper there's no way 
but a wide receiver two of a high volume offense or at least an elite receipt like a quarterback like that's that's really appealing to me and i know people are like well a third round wide receiver before a first round wide receiver well again if we're talking trends four out of 17 compared to two out of seven like the two out of seven is a little more appealing so i i would rather take if i was forced to draft chris olave i would absolutely trade back with the with the intention of getting david bell later on well, joke's on you. I can't do math, so I can't figure out which one of those two categories is better. But well, I'm going to take your word for it. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's a little better. It's, it's okay. a little better. Okay. It's a, I'm, small, I'm, it's a smidge. I'm trusting you. I'm All trusting the other guys will be like, well, that's a small sample size. You can't count that. But, you know, whatever. They, they got to grow sometime. Any final words on this class, Mike, before I get you out of here, let you finish your tacos, let you feed your dog yes. carrots, and uh, move on with your night? Yeah, Wandell will not be... Will not be great. He's not the next Debo. Let's stop that. Let's get some realistic, realistic thoughts here. Okay, he's so not gonna what, do that. If he's not the next Debo, what's a realistic comp for him in your opinion? Oh, I think you have he's one? just like I mean, a, a healthy Jamison Crowder. Like that's best case for me. I, okay. I think he plays a slot, and no one on the on, no one on the Giants first off had the most expensive RC recording off. He knew that, but they do. No one can stay healthy. Um, Sterling Sterling Shepard's the main guy there, but I think he could be the number two because they clearly don't like. They don't. They clearly don't like Kadarius Tony. That's a big mistake. Can can he be sane, Kadarius Tony for them? I mean, there's no. clearly a role. Okay. There. Kadarius Tony is electric with that with that ball in his hands, and Wandell's not electric. I, when he played when he played SEC defenses, I think his A dot. When you, when you look at just SEC defenses, his A dot went from like I think it was like eleven or twelve to like eight, and then his yards per reception went down to nine from like thirteen or something like that. Is that a Wandale issue or a Will Levis issue? I think it's a Wandell issue. I, I, no, sorry. We have I'm a good asking, offensive line. We have a good I'm offensive line. So. Yeah, so. that is a tough question. I think when we played G5 teams, they couldn't get to our quarterback. So we had like a ton of time and we could utilize Wandell a little bit more. And then once we played actual SEC defenses, I think Will Levis struggled with the uptick of pressure. He walks on his first guy first. I don't want this to turn into a Will Levis uh, discussion. Nah, yeah, okay. And then and then Christian Watson, for everyone listening, he's an ex-MVS. I mean, let's, let's yeah, he's not going to be. I, I, I do, I just go around here. Also. I'm sorry. It'll be, it'll be really Please quick. Do. We have, we are, I am so tired of buying into the athletic receivers that are like raw. You know, uh, Miko Harmon, like, is he special? No. It, Denzel Mims, like Denzel Mims isn't anything. And, and then you got. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager's not a refined prospect. I, and it's just because they, they become like combine warriors and he flashed at the senior bowl. Like we want to throw out his five years of pretty mediocre college play at best. So I, I, I think MVS or sorry, I think Christian Watson is just MVS. I really do. Yeah. A convenience slip there. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that's what he is and just don't fall for him. Just, just take David Bell instead. So you would you would 100 take up David Bell over him? I would too, for the record. But I just want I want you to say it so that if that doesn't happen, I can clip out what I said and just play what you said. And <laughs> yeah, that's that's my hot take in this class. David Bell's my wide receiver seven, um, and best case scenario is Keenan Allen. But I I think maybe he's more like a Muhammad Sanu. Like I think that's more realistic. Cool. Well I'd then, rather, uh, yeah, I'd rather okay. Muhammad Sanu than MBS. Well, I'm going to stop you there um, before you, you get yourself in any more trouble here. Um, Mike, thanks for coming on here tonight. Um, you've been writing up a storm, doing doing a lot of the debut profiles. You've been writing uh, plenty of articles for us. Um, anything else that you want to? I mean, at uh, was it is it ff underscore dirty Mike on Twitter? Yeah, that's correct. Ff okay. underscore dirty Mike. Anything else you want to chat about before I get you out of here? Uh, man. Um, no, I just. I just want the Patriots to get Mac Jones a real receiver. I feel like you take the next step, but you know, that doesn't, that's not really our style. So there's always next year. <laughs> get disappointed again. Just get my hopes up. <laughs> well, you were a breath of fresh air, Mike. This was much better than hopping out with Colin here tonight. So again, thank you so much for, for joining us here. Mike, Mike Valerie, not Valerie, campuscanton.com. Go check out all of his stuff uh, and uh, go get the Debbie guide when it comes out here June 1st because Mike is going to be featured heavily in that until next time guys i am austin i am mike and we'll see you next week